like a buddy cop movie where both guys are the loose cannon. It's Sin the Fields. Welcome to Send the Fields. I'm Tad Whistle. I'm Patrick Stegemiller. Pat, we've got a really, really awesome show today. We've got a fantastic guest. Mags Colvett will join us to talk about Poultry Days. Some truly intrepid reporting. And I think one of the better interviews we've ever done on the program. But we're not going to let quality work bog down the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at the rundown here. We've got some critical shit we need to talk about. First things first. I'm going to Masters Nationals, which is great and all, except, of course, it's the Masters division, and it's fucking terrible to realize that this is like the new quest, this new horrible thing. Uh, But it came at a price. Karmatically, I lost a Summer League game last week, which sucks. Just one game, though, like not like the whole league. That's correct. How, how fucking how fucking sleek is your record that losing a league game is notable? I've won eight of the last ten summer leagues, but not like winning games, not winning like every game, right? No, but it's still it stings, and we probably should have won. I turned it over on Universe, which was not super cool. I, at one point in league in summer league in like my mid twenties, I had like a. F- 49 and 0 like three leagues undefeated before we finally got we were unseated and <laughs> lost the game but it's still it's, did they have to like institute some rules to break up your monopoly at that point yeah there are two tad whistle rules the first one is no trades because i did some really sketchy things with willing willing participants consenting adults consenting adults what two people consent to in a summer league trade whether is it is no it look get out of our consenting relationships pittsburgh ultimate <laughs> big government yeah this the second rule is um it used to be aggregate score based on both genders that's how it would determine who picks you know first or wherever the order of the next round it used to be the aggregate score and the lowest score picks um you know picks ahead so one year to get ahead in the in the next round, I drafted a person ranked zero out of a hundred, which was a computer error, and it sent my score to the absolute basement. And I got to pick and like steal someone at the top of the next round. And the phantom person never showed up, so I got their shirt and I got their frisbee. It was great. I mean, that touches on one of the foundational rules to the whistle method of drafting a summer league team, which is. Once you have your core, just draft people you think are going to not show up. Yes. Um, okay, so you've got Masters, you've got Summer League. What's the third? What's the third thing in the like old man ultimate triple crown? It's like winning Masters Nationals, winning your Summer League, and not getting divorced. <laughs> like, what's the? Yeah, uh, maintaining partial custody of your children. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean. Hmm. I think just like being able being able to clean up and and do it, throwing an invert in any of those games or like mm-hmm. any any critical moment. We, I have no illusions of of winning Masters Nationals, and I'm not sure my summer league team. I, I don't know if we can do it. Maybe we have a shot, but 
you know, I'm taking, I'm taking it all in this year. I'm, I'm kind of keeping myself in shape. I'm on the Rakowski diet, drink at night, don't eat dinner. You know, it's, it's work to the tune. I'm, I'm back under 190, baby, and I'm feeling good. So I'm in the opposite boat. We just talked about this a little bit last year. I've never won my summer league, ever. In the his, my history of all my playing career, I've won other leagues. You're a young man. You're 27. Leagues. Right. Yeah. Okay. Recently, recently 27. I'm, I'm, in my, I'm in my year 27 summer league. Um, and, you know, last year, tragically, it came up a little bit short when this dude oh, yeah. let a pull hit him <laughs> that gave up the break that cost us. Um, just jogging up the sideline, getting doinked by a pull. It's so bad. Um, and this one's a lot of other... I've made several finals. I've made several finals and have never won a summer league. But maybe this year. Maybe this year. Summer league is important from the sense that it's like, this was the first league. It was the first of our kind. Right. You know, so there's that symbolism with summer league where it's it like... It connects us with the old gods. It does. Yes, that's exactly it. You know, Summer League is a is just a, a nod to the past, and it's like this is where we all came from. We all drove forty five minutes against traffic after work to participate <laughs> in this archaic game. You know that's that, and that, that's, that's why, why elite players are obligated to. <laughs> um, Ants in your trash. Um, I will say so. Last night, my summer league uh, here in DC. Definitely should have gotten rained out. The weather in D.C. is awful right now. It's at this peak D.C. summer moment when summer really starts is when it is 90 degrees with 80% humidity all day. And you you don't even want to go outside for lunch. Right. And then as soon as you're ready to leave work, you know, as soon as you're me, you bike home from work because you're a a bike boy, urbane, urbane young professional. Yeah. Um, it just downpour. So like Monday, I got crushed biking home from work. And then Tuesday, I'm thinking like, okay, it's going to rain again. League will probably be canceled. There's thunderstorms and everything. The radar looks horrible. And then all day, the league is like, well, the games are on turf. So, you know, they don't cancel it. Bike all the way to Georgetown, which for anyone who knows DC is just inaccessible from basically anywhere. Uh, get there, starts raining Three points in, lightning delay. 20 minutes later, the games are canceled. I got to bike all the way home to Eastern Market, which is on the other side of the city in the rain. <laughs> I just I just have grievances. I have grievances, Wafsi. Cancel your games or don't, you know? That sucks. Like once we're there, once we're playing, look the other way on the lightning. That's what I'm going to say. You know, let, it, like, let people know before work ends or let God decide what happens. Pick one. <laughs> Yeah, and to kind of underscore your point about the weather being terrible and the humidity, uh, Pat is shirtless right now. So oh, yeah. everyone just kinda kinda take a moment and think about that those luscious tufts of strawberry blonde chest hair that I'm getting a eyeball full of right now. I am uh, I'm a lucky, lucky co host. Like sweaty chest hair too, because just I had to turn the air conditioner off to record. Yes, I'm just just soaking in a heat box here. Mm. Um, you know, we we had a lot of things we wanted to talk about, including my heat box. But <laughs> the the A block for this show got blown wide open when a few days ago 
it was revealed by some actual intrepid reporting from Charlie Eisenhood that you can now gamble semi-legally yeah! on the AUDL. Yes! This is huge. This is huge. I mean, we haven't really been talking about the AUDL that much this year, um, but uh, this, is a, this is just a game changer. Not in terms of like justifying the AUDL or why people should be watching or whatever, just the ability to easily bet on Frisbee. I've, I've been waiting for this for a long time. It, it legitimizes the sport on a level that while people may not care about the game itself, it's like anything you can gamble on makes the game that much more real. Like this is why football will never, ever, ever go away. It just, right. it, it won't go away. Like none of the major sports is like, well, they, there was a, a four and a half percent decline in attendance. It's like, yeah, but I'll tell you what, like, the the dudes that I buy Miller Lite drafts off of up at the bar, like those guys are still on every pitch trying to hit that parlay to win $1,400 on a Thursday. It's like this stuff is never going away. And it makes Ultimate kind of cool in that regard. And the other thing that makes it cool is the fact that it's like so, so susceptible to corruption. <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay, we'll get into that. Okay, we'll get into that. All right. I just have... Okay, so quickly catch anybody up. Mybookie.ag, which .ag, I guess, which, wow, um, is, is will take your action. Uh, I, I, if you look at the news story we, that Charlie put up there, the Mybookie line maker, his name is Marcus Shotko. Marcus Shotko, he's one of the best. Right. <laughs> so I just want to, I want to get, in, I just have some immediate questions. Some immediate questions about this. We, we could literally do, three whole shows on just this, but we're, we'll try to connect it. And here, here, here are my, my big, the first questions that left to my mind. One, how did this happen? Did someone make this happen? Yeah. Was, was this dude just like flipping through ESPN and found ultimate and was like, oh, I bet I can whip my beak on this. <laughs> or is, is there some member of the ultimate community who is like deep in the online gambling game who made it happen? How, how did this happen? <laughs> Relatedly, who, who is in charge of setting these lines? Who is, is there some poor asshole at this website, which is, by the way, which is based in uh, Curacao, a tiny island in the middle of the Caribbean. A buddy uh, of mine is from Curacao. Really? It takes 45 minutes to drive around the island. <laughs> yeah. Like, who, is, is there some, some guy in the, in the, mybookie.ag headquarters who has to like come up with these lines and start like watching a bunch of frisbee to develop this like what the fuck who, who is in charge of this who is making this work and happen yeah like is, is he is he is he calling up brent steep of the detroit mechanics listen i need that roster and i need it right now <laughs> Yeah, what what information are they getting? Are they just like, huh? Is like this player have a wedding, or like is this younger? <laughs> like, is, is... he's oh, I, I he's going to his cousin's high school grad party. I guess. Okay, yeah, that that's a half point right there. Right, All right it's, it's four and a half. It's four and a half. Yeah, he was able to actually pick up some extra weekend hours being a personal trainer at the gym. So that's. <laughs> A whole whole half point off the Growlers line. It's uh, this is fucking this is so sweet, dude. We should, well, we should probably bet on the show through the portal. Maybe we'll do right. that in the subscribers only portion. Who knows? Oh God, yeah. 
Let's let's get a little, you know. Hey, I've been doing some more. I've been doing some side jobs, man. It's been a side job summer. I'm the fucking man of La Malcha. I got a little extra walking around money, and I'm looking to uh, lay it down. Like, how did they come up with these lines? What are the lines? Are there lines right now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Read them. Okay, so we got the Philadelphia Phoenix getting six and a half against the Breeze. That sounds about right. I mean, that's a good line to be honest with you. I think I I might take the Phoenix there. Um, the, the wildfire giving five to the mechanics, five and a half. I'd be smacking the wildfire all (laughs) damn day. We got a pick them between the windchill and the alley cats. We got, uh, the cannons favored by one and a half. No, who is doing this? Cannons underdogs want to have it. So who's doing it? Who's doing it? it? Cause they're like kind of legit. Oh my God. See, that's what's, this is what's fucked up. Lepler is in the pocket. Of some of this bookmaker guy, right. he's like gonna kill him or kill his family or something <laughs> like that. And now Lepler has to come up with reliable. Like I took a big hit last week, Evan. He's like, I'm so sorry. I I'm really I'm trying my the Tuesday toss is seven thousand words for Christ's <laughs> sakes. So okay, then my, so my my third question here is: Is it fiscally irresponsible for players in the ADL to not throw these games? Yes. Right? Every, okay, we're, this is, every second that passes while there are still pro leagues, which, who knows how long that'll be. Every second that passes is, it's less and less agency that 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 player has. Right now, you're fucking, you're Joe Slap on the Atlanta Hustle. You are your own Pete Rose. As long as you're getting a jersey, (laughs) You too can gamble on ultimate. Did Pete Rose? Did, look, it doesn't mean you don't belong in the Hall of Fame. I'm a big supporter of Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. He's fucking Agreed. Charlie Hustle. Right. Agreed. It's ridiculous. And he's betting on his own team most of the time. If not all the time. Yeah. That's what. Who knows? Who knows? But, man, this would be great. I, I want to like, man, I, and much like Pete Rose, I'd like to get on speed, get down to 168, fucking get back in the Thunderbirds game, and then... Keep it fair if you catch my <laughs> <laughs> like keep it real fair. What's insane about this <laughs> is how much more you can bet on these games than the players themselves are making. Oh like, yeah. I, I'd be shocked to know if there are many other sports out there or just things you can bet on in which what the players stand to gain by playing the game straight how that compares to what they stand to game by fixing it. Because if you're if you're an NFL player and you're making $2 million a year, yeah, you can throw games, but it's going to be hard to make more money doing that, substantially more than it is by just being a millionaire athlete. Whereas these assholes playing for like the, the fucking cannons or the, you know, the mechanics, I guess the mechanics... They can't throw a game. Um, <laughs> they can't even throw a disc. Um, but yeah, if you're some dude on the on the on the LA Aviators making maybe 20, 50 bucks a game, maybe. I think in, I think then like the whole Western Division, it's you get paid in like like startup shares. I'm pretty sure that's like that's startup part of shares it. and airline miles. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't I, I don't know why. 
also like just the insider information in this game like we were joking about like does someone have a wedding or whatever right but like all of you listening right now probably know someone who plays on one of these teams and like just there's a level of access that people don't have to real professional sports and we could just be like oh shit yeah like these three dudes are gonna be missing this week and that moves a line yeah and how the fuck is some asshole in the caribbean gonna oh yeah um i was playing at indianapolis summer league last week or last night even and i think keegan north might have broke his thumb so he's probably out this weekend I'm going to go home and uh, lay it down on the windshield to take care of business and the pick them. I mean, it's you will have like first knowledge of this stuff. This is amazing. It's great. It's really great. And, you know, I think this is what. <laughs> what What's like the worst gambling? What's like your own personal worst gambling story? I had a pretty rough beat last weekend. What happened? I was playing poker at the MGM in National Harbor across the river from D.C. Oh, oh my God. Go and uh, I won't get into facts and figures here, but let's say I was up a good amount, but it's no limit. And then I lost it all in one hand when this asshole hit on the turn after I had him dead to rights. And that was, that was pretty bad. That mm. was, it's... I, I try to se- segregate my uh, gambling funds and the, my rest of my life funds. Right. But when that number starts getting higher, you realize like, man, that's, that's my life a whole lot easier if I just took it all down right now. Right. But you never do. Yeah. You never do. So, I mean, for you listeners out there that were trying to decipher the amount I'm guessing it was a lot. Anyway, okay, all right. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. Now this can be your... Um, what's your wait, what's your worst gambling loss? And is it worse than me losing all that money on Space Heater last year at, on the bobble? I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten smacked around in casinos, and I've done well in casinos. I've gotten smacked around in house games. But I would say, like, you know, my loss as it relates to what I put down and not, like, the plus minus of what you win at the table and then lose, you know, I've gone to casinos and lost 400 and, you know, four, four fifty, like maybe close to $500, but that's about it. But then you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. And you don't gamble for a long time after that. Wait, yes. how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> My buddy, how do you do that second part? I know it can be, it can be a, oh, I, I, it's like I let myself down, so I'm like, God fucking damn. So I just I just have to, have to abstain, and then I come back with a – I'm like reinvigorated when I come back. It's like I never left, which is really, I'm sure, healthy and not something that I'll be bringing up like in a meeting or with like a court-ordered <laughs> therapist someday. A dude that I played college ultimate with, you know, we would we'd go home for the summer and come back, and I remember he came back one year, and he's like, sauce – man, how was your summer? I'm like, it was good. I landscaped. He's like, I did roofs all summer. I'm like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, roofing. He's like, it's a tough racket. He's like, my boss started taking me in downtown Johnstown. It was like where he lived. You know, it's like a hard fucking steel, old Rust Belt town. He's like, he's like, he used to take me rolling dice with him like two nights a week this summer, just rolling, throwing dice with him. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, it's like, it's like roulette, but in a 
in a warehouse with a bunch of soaped out windows and 40 dudes. I'm like, nice. Then the next summer, he comes back, and I'm like, I'd known that he was really getting into gambling. And I'm like, what are you, what are you betting on right now? Like, how much gambling are you doing? He's like, well, I'm not saying I bet every, every game of the Little League World Series, but we're rooting for Dominican Republic pretty hard. <laughs> you bet every game. It's fucking crazy. Terrible. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he had to step away. Now he, I think he's on the occasional scratchy kind of. That's how you wean yourself off of. Yeah, it's scratch lotty, lotto tickets or the methadone that's, of gambling. I think um, it is. So now that I thought about it, I think my worst ever gambling loss was, do you remember in the 2010 NFL playoffs when Seattle went 7-9 and nine, but was the home team against oh, the Saints? The beast mode run? Right. Mm-hmm. It was it was the Seahawks were like bad. They had bad players. The NFC West was terrible. Right. They won the division at seven and nine, but because yeah. they won the division, they got home field. So they got they got more points than any team that bad probably should have gotten um on the spread. And I thought it was just absolute free money. And I'm a freshman in college. I think I'm hot shit. Oh god. And, uh, I lost I lost a lot of money on that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the beast mode run really, really got me. I remember, I remember telling one of my friends from college, Jake, it's free money getting to bet <laughs> against the Seahawks team. It's free money. Does he still, is he like, hey, Pat, free money, huh? Is he still no. fucking beat you up? All the goddamn time. Um, that said, I don't want to dissuade anybody from betting on the ADL. Yeah. Because... Back to the AUDL, this is your entree into real sports betting that will either, well, not either, it will in the short term greatly improve your life uh, and then in the long term tear you apart uh, emotionally and with your family. But it's better to start the healing process now. So kind of just get that all out of your system, right? Mm-hmm. This is like gambling college, you know, like we had our crazy times and now I, you know, I play a, I get a scratchy in my Christmas stocking once a year for my gram. This is the same thing. So let's fucking get on it as a community. You have a moral obligation <laughs> to, to lay some money down. Anyone with a crazy, anyone who's like, who's, who's really going to do this and go for it, please send us an email and let us know like what you're looking at and some of the bets you've laid down. Sinthefields at altyworld.com or hit us up on Twitter at Sinthefields. Seriously, like I'm I'm just curious uh if you know what you know about it or if the site is legit or what your communications with the site and the lines maker, if any, are. Yeah, I this is the most exciting development to happen in the ultimate community in years. I feel, <laughs> feel no compunction about saying that. Uh, so in light of this news, we actually, we, we have an old sponsor coming back. Uh, I think there were some legal troubles or something that, uh, kept him from, from supporting the show, but he's back better than ever. So, uh, we're going to throw it to an ad break right now, and then we'll be back with Poultry Day's talk here on Sin the Fields. Chucky Iron Helmet here, and I'm coming at you from a beautiful cabana on the island of Curacao, where I have relocated my operation for legal purposes. 
and I'd be soaking up sunshine if I weren't posted up in front of my computer making real wagers on the American Ultimate Disc League. Whammy! That's right, boys and girls. Your Uncle Chuck has gone semi-legitimate. No more triple crown action at the German club. No more Boise Summer League prop bets with incels on Reddit. No more dog fights at Jeff Snader's compound in New Jersey. Though I will still be betting the shit out of high school ultimate. Thanks for nothing, Adina boys. Real cool. From now on, we're living large in the Caribbean, and together we can rake in the cash on a plausibly legal business opportunity. My new home in Curacao is known for its semi-arid climate, a troubling role in the slave trade, and now as the home of my new venture, Chuck's Bucks. It's a cryptocurrency tied to the market valuation of online ultimate wagers. And just like my picks, it cannot miss. Oh! For every AUDL bet you place through my special hot tips Chuck's Bucks website, you increase the value of your own investment. So let's get gambling. I don't just have a good feeling about the Minnesota Windchill to cover three and a half in Madison this week. I like them to win outright. Minnesota has team speed, they got skill, they got talent, and all that other garbage that helps you win Frisbee games. Also, let's just say Kevin Pettit-Scantling did something truly terrible, and I happen to be the only person that knows about it. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. It's a lock. Got it. And another freebie. I'm slamming Chicago at minus five and a half against Detroit. The mechanics are fish food, and hammerhead Pavel Giannis is going to gobble them up like the cold, uncaring killing machine we all suspect him to be. But wait... Don't forget about the prop bets. Jackpot. I like the cannons to cover over five and a half dangerous plays against Atlanta. Give me under seven and a half fans that aren't blood related to a player in the Alley Cats home game. And in my long shot prop of the week, give me the plus 1800 money line on over one and a half players injured in a fan related halftime incident in Ottawa when they host the rush. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Let's just say I know a guy and I've got a feeling. All right. That nest egg isn't going to blow itself. So head on over to chucksbucks.com and start winning the flip. And remember, the feds can have frizzkings.com, but they'll never get Chuck's Box. Shake your body line. Work, 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 Sonora. Work it all the time. It's in the Fields is brought to you by B Ultimate Apparel. B Ultimate performance-based apparel is designed specifically for Ultimate players. These jerseys are made with double-lock seams and quick-dry material. The Endit uniform will allow you to perform your best in any condition and be better than ever. Visit beultimate.com STF to get your free shipping code on your next team order. I don't think that B um, is uh, on any AODL jerseys. I think, I think the whole AODL league has, has one jersey sponsor, but hopefully... With the news that online gambling is now happening for the AODL, we can have some insane sponsorship opportunities start to move in for on these jersey companies. Where it's like you watch some like you know Chinese league basketball or you know uh, Turkish soccer, and there'll be like weird betting websites that sponsor the team all over the jersey. Where it'll be like Win Money Splash Seven 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 Rocket dot <laughs> com. <laughs> Yeah, that would be good for the game. I mean, you remember the MLU? They had like Skippy Peanut Butter sponsored the Spinners, maybe? I still think that Snyder just never got that approved and was just hoping that 
Skippy wouldn't notice and that he was pretending that it had happened to make the MLU seem... Oh, I mean, he was God. just... He's, he's, he was a fake it till you make it kind of... Ooh, that totally could be. Yes, the Snyder's like, all right, we need a wholesome fa- a family brand. Uh, duh, what And what's more wholesome than Skippy Peanut Butter? He's like, uh, this this like Skippy Peanut Butter CEO is walking to his car from the office. And he's like, sir, a minute of your time, please. <laughs> I have in this briefcase a frisbee jersey. You know the way he's like feverishly like trying to open it. He's got like huge hands. You know, he's like, he's like mashing his knuckles on the thing. The guy thinks he has a gun. <laughs> yes, sure, fine, whatever, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just leave me and my family alone. Um. Well, uh, transitioning <laughs> off of that, uh, poultry days happened this past weekend, and it's a legendary summer party tournament. We've done some coverage on it here before. We've had Roger Oaks come on the show and talk about the history of the tournament. We had Keith Donnie Rayner give us a on-the-ground report a few years back. So in the spirit of that, we are having friend of the show, Mags Colvett, come by to let us know what went down in the verdant fields of Ohio this poultry days. Joining us now, friend of the show, Mags Colvett. Mags, how are you? I'm doing great. It is a joy to be here. Thank you for having me on. You told Pat and I you skipped league to do I this. I did. I did. Um, I told them I had something very legitimate that I could disclose later. <laughs> And that's where I left it in the group me. So Wait, they're going to be bummed. Team Gray, if you're listening. What do you think they that? assumed that was? Like, I don't know. Like a um, drug deal or? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have no idea what their impression of me is at this point. You know, we're still trying to figure out what we're all about at this point in the season. What's fun about league where you don't bring. So like some leagues are where you bring a crew of like eight people to the team or whatever. And then there's some that are just totally draft um, is that you get to for one of those draft leagues, you get to kind of just cultivate a new personality every summer. You know, you can just, just decide to be a new person. And, uh, you know, you can be like, yeah, I have a very legitimate thing that I need to do. I can fill you in later. I was meeting a man who goes by the name of the goat herder at an airstrip. <laughs> See a duffel bag. I'm a homicide detective. Oh, my God. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough gig. Really tough. Um, yeah, well, that's hopefully as a, as a league free agent, you're doing due diligence to bullshit your team, which is the responsible thing to do this past weekend. It was poultry day. It was poultry days. Mags, you were there. I've been a, I've been maybe four or five times, but I haven't been for about five years. Um, we brought you on. We wanted to get your takes on the tournament and kind of your, uh, intrepid reporting on the experience. Although this one was kind of marred uh, by the weather, wasn't it? It was, it was. This is my second ever Poultry Days, and uh, this was this was an abridged edition. There were big storms moving in and out. Um, fields got unplayably wet. There was a tornado watch at one point, which sounds bad when everybody's camping. So um, a lot of the actual ultimate got canceled, but um, much of what did happen were the sort of rituals attendant to the tournament, which are rich and strange. Mm. And so you, I guess I, we can we can back up a little bit here to get into your origin story with Ultimate because do you have a background outside 
of Frisbee in Rich and Strange rituals. Um, because I know you're, you're a recent convert to this weird, dumb cult we're all a part of. Well, I started playing Ultimate around 25, 26 after spending most of my adulthood as a career poetry grad student. So <laughs> I lived several weird lifetimes before I got here. But you dabbled in some Wiccan circles. Oh, yeah. There's been there's been some things burned in some circles. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the way that I was plunged into this is uh, – Gosh, I actually don't tell the unexpurgated version of this very much, but I guess if I'm going to, this is this is the venue. Um, Memorial Day weekend of 2017, uh, I'm 25. I'm between grad programs. I'm living over an outbuilding on my parents' farm. I have no prior exposure to Frisbee whatsoever. I didn't play sports in high school or college or, like, anything more seriously than, like, little kid soccer. I've never, like, played a pickup game. I have, like, no idea that this is a thing that people are doing in the world. Um I'm on my parents' house. I think I'm literally in my parents' basement on a holiday weekend, dicking around on Twitter as you do. And I happen to see that the College Nationals Ultimate Frisbee Championship Finals are going to be on. And, you know, not totally ironically, but like kind of in the spirit that when the Winter Olympics are on, people will watch curling. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I'm like... <laughs> Well, this is a this is a unique and interesting corner of the world. You know, I might as well kill 20 minutes on this. So I pull it up. You know, I do the whole like ESPN streaming thing. So I feel like I'm I feel like I'm diving deep. And I start watching the women's final, the Dartmouth, Texas game. Mm. And this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. I It is so fun to watch the disc fly. It is so cool to watch the way people set up on the field. It is fascinating to me the way that like. This whole like there's there's clearly a huge community surrounding this that I've never heard of. There's clearly all these people who've like put a lot of time and care into something that for there's which there's like no institutional support or anything. So I'm watching this. I'm loving this. I am like kind of two screening it and trying to like figure out who these teams are, where they came from, like what on earth is the governing body? What do these rules mean? What does it mean that they make their own calls? And I, this is like, this is now my plans for the evening. I had no idea I was going to be falling into this rabbit hole, but I immediately was completely taken with it. So I stick around through the end of that game. There's um, a lot of weird little specific things I remember about it, but if, uh, I don't know what I'd make of it if I watched it now. Like, lost track of my sentence there, whatever. So right. I stick around through um, the men's final. And at this point, I am raring to go. I am trying to, like, research the teams ahead of time a little bit, trying to pick a favorite, you know, not knowing anything about the history of any of these programs, who any of these players are, who any of these coaches are, whatever. But I know Carlton's a private school. I know UNC Wilmington's a public school. Mm-hmm. And I know this show has a very strong state school agenda. I've been state schools all my life. Yes. And Fuck yeah. I know University of North Carolina, Wilmington, it's going to be my boys. Mm. So um, the game is starting, action's happening, whatever. I'm, start- I'm starting to Google um, in the spring of 2017, the UNC Wilmington men's <laughs> ultimate frisbee team. <laughs> and like the gif of Donald Glover carrying the pizzas into the room that's on fire. <laughs> Uh, I walk into the UNC Wilmington texting scandal and my whole magnificent voyage of like, what is this beautiful game that I've never seen in my life? What is this like 
wonderful pursuit that people have dedicated their lives to shifts gears entirely to be like, what the fuck is up with Brian Casey? What is the story? He did what with an anonymous texting what? And in the course of trying to get to the bottom of this, I find out that parallel to the rich world of the sport itself and like the magnificent strategy and athleticism that goes into that, there's this whole like underground world of weird people doing weird things and talking to each other about it. And I like, I'm fascinated with that too. It's um, not like the prettiest origin story in that the UNC Wilmington texting thing was actually pretty fucked up and like shouldn't have happened. Yeah. But here I am two years later. I mean, I've been playing pretty serious college ultimate for my entire um, career at Ohio State. I have been spending like four or five nights a week, most of the time that I've lived in Columbus for the last two years, playing Frisbee, trying to get better at Frisbee. And this is now just, this is now just like my life. That is so goddamn awesome. That's in, <laughs> USAU should put that in a commercial. Like if, if there was ever an example of why it was worth it to get involved with ESPN or why like this is it legitimacy is thing. This is it. Bringing, yeah. bringing yeah. mags into the community. I mean, so you're right. The UNC texting scandal was fucked up. But of all the lives that were like irrevocably altered right. by Brian Casey's actions, mine is one. <laughs> yeah. For the better, for, for the, the, for the, the worse, better. who knows? I think it's part of the important Brian Casey redemption arc that we've seen slowly play out yeah. over it's the past of years. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to save your life at a tournament someday, somehow, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so all of that, all of that led you down a path that brought you to Poultry Days this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so walk us through, as you said, some of these potentially insidious rituals that uh, were going down in the fields of Versailles? That's correct. Versailles. Not Versailles. Versailles, Ohio. Versailles. Not Ohio. Ends with hard L's, just like our weekend. Um, poultry days, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, is a tournament that's been going on for many decades as a compliment to this, like, very wholesome, normal, like, agrarian local festival in the tiny little farm town of Versailles, Ohio. It's way out in the middle of nowhere. It's, like, near the Indiana state line. Uh, it's in Dark County, Ohio, which kind of tells you everything you need to know. There's mm. about 2,600 people who live there. And since the 80s, um, there has been a Frisbee tournament that's become attached to it and over time has grown and grown and come to dwarf the regular festival. There's like 70 teams there. Everyone camps in this park in the middle of town that like borders on people's houses. Um, There's just like a lot of people for a small place. And there's the tournament and there's the festival and there's people from both kind of bleeding over throughout the weekend. Um, And at this point, it's like part of the culture of this tiny farm town in the Midwest that once per year, hundreds upon hundreds of Frisbee players just descend upon it like drunken starlings. And they like expect it and they live with it. And in return, we kind of like accept the grace that they've seen who we are and they still have us back. So um, 
everyone's camped out in this park. Like people kind of have their little villages where like the Columbus people are over here. Um, people from different places are over there. Um, there's a heavy Midwest contingent, but there are teams from sort of all over. The team that beat Team USA at layout a couple years ago was there in their inflatable suits. Wow. Um, we were oh, of- fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was picking up with a team from Indiana, so I was staying with them. So shout out to Cephala Gallus and thank you for your hospitality. Um, I will say that I didn't know about Indiana in general, but I will say this. One of my teammates brought a couple of jars of moonshine off of a guy he knows back home. And I'll be honest, I was skeptical. I'm from Appalachia, East Tennessee specifically. Mm. We know moonshine. One of our official state songs has a verse about shooting revenueers who climb all Rocky Top looking for a moonshine yes. skull. But yeah, they never make it down for the yeah. mountain, do they? They never. <laughs> strangers ain't come down from Rocky Top. Reckon they never will. So Indiana had to do a lot to impress me, but Indiana, Indiana's all right. They repped it. And with that, that's kind of all I have to say about like, 7 p.m. when I got there to like 9 a.m. the next day. <laughs> but um, Saturday's typically when a lot of the like normal games at the tournament would happen. This year there were shortened rounds because we knew the lightning was coming up. One of them got canceled. But, you know, we, we got some action in. Um, Poultry Days isn't a tournament you like play to win necessarily or like you don't win it with ultimate. But there are like power pools of sorts. And among other things, being in one of the power pools means you get to use the fields at the campsite instead of having to like take the shuttle to the driving range or whatever. Um, Cephalogallus is not necessarily a power pool team, but our captain did some like finagling of some sort to get us into that pool, figuring they'd be like worth the trade-off of losing most of our games just to stay on the close fields. So um, that's a decision that predated my addition to the team. So I kind of can't speak to how it affected the integrity of the Poultry Days competition. But it did mean that we were on those fields um, immersed in the town of Versailles, throughout the whole tournament. And one thing that I was not prepared for is because that park borders people's houses, those fields are right up next to people's houses. And as my team is like over on the sideline setting up the octobong, which is this <laughs> eight-pronged beer bong that is like attached to a stuffed octopus. Like it's, it's like a soft stuffed octopus. So it's getting gross as we're like making teams drink out of it. <laughs> Normal like nice seeming old people are kind of wandering over from the town of Versailles and striking up conversations with me. They're like, did you win your games? Did you have a nice, did you get in? Okay. And I'm like trying to have a nice conversation with these people. And it just feels like viscerally, like I'm 16 years old, like in Kingsport, Tennessee, trying to act like I'm not drunk in front of my friend's pet custodial Mima, but I don't know. <laughs> it's we're, all of the like ultimate is happening directly adjacent to this town. And I'm always kind of watching the people watching us as we're playing. But in a way, the actual like ultimate that you play at this tournament is ancillary to some of the main events that the or- tournament is organized around. And one of the most important is the all-star game. Um, all the teams with winning records after Saturday get to send representatives. So there's some legit ultimate players like Fever's Callahan nominee from last year was out there. There's also like a person in a full chicken suit. Um, I don't know if this is a regular feature, but this year there were also like two children, like eight or nine, maybe. Um, They were they were making plays Uh, like one of them had a flick pull at one point that really got some distance under pretty stiff conditions. Um, But the big feature is Miss Chick. Yes, Miss Chick. 
This chick for the uninitiated is a high school girl from Versailles who's the winner of the pageant that kicks off the whole Poultry Days festival. There's a main Miss Chick and there are some runner-ups who are her court and they go on to be ambassadors of the festival all weekend long. One of their duties is to play in the all-star game. Presumably none of them have any ultimate experience. Um, this year I would, I would infer that they did not. But as soon as they are there, the entire audience, its entire will is focused on getting the disc to Miss Chick. Um, everyone's screaming and hollering. This crowd is going insane as soon as they step on the field. Um, Miss Chick and some of her court come on the line looking a little bit scared. Um, if you've ever been to like a decently attended ultimate game with Frisbee people on all sidelines, um, in an environment where they feel ready to let loose, you know, the energy is like pretty high at this point. Um, Miss Chick and for Court come on the line. They're wearing shorts and t-shirts, but also their sashes. So yes, like, you know the that sash. They, who they are. Right. Oh, I forgot um, about the sash. The skies are dark. Um, the crowd is like losing its fucking mind. And you can see in their eyes that it's all a lot to take in, you know, at this point, <laughs> at this point, you know, all of these Frisbee people have kind of taken over this town for the weekend. And at this point, it's like we're living in this folktale where every summer, this like little town is besieged by this mass of mischievous gremlins who are like kind of ambiguously benevolent, but definitely kind of scary. And they swarm the land and they eat the food and they like perform their strange rites on the fields. And in order to appease them, the townsfolk like have to pledge their fairest daughter to right. the trial. They, they offer up the virgin. Chick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That we, to be clear, like we're the goblins in this analogy, oh, yes. have devised for them. Yes, um, absolutely. To their absolute credit, they stepped up. Um, everyone's like yelling energies entirely focused on these like two or three like innocent high school girls. They are running up and down the field. And, you know, this is a very like cross field hammer kind of heavy game. So there's a lot of like movement up and down the full length of this ultimate field and they're, and they're staying in it. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of like small children making bids all over the grounds. There's people like taking the chicken suit on and off. There's a little bit, there's a little bit of chaos near the end zone, but after a lot of back and forth at the front cone, the disc lands in one of the Miss Chick's hands and she kind of freezes for a second and like looks at it. Like, did I do it? I really did it. <laughs> And then she fucking spikes it. Yes. And everybody goes <laughs> insane. And there's like a couple oh, possible down. explanations here. You know, maybe someone had, maybe there's a voice in her ear saying, no, just slam it on the ground really hard. People are going to love it. Just trust me. Maybe she saw someone do it. Maybe it's just like the spirit rose up in her. But it was like, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Hmm. So directly after the all-star game um, is the egg eating contest which is a Frisbee tournament event specifically. Like it's not just a poultry days festival one. So all of the contestants here are already wreaking havoc on their bodies this weekend in several ways. Um, this takes place in a pavilion that's kind of like centrally in the park. There's this large eight sided picnic table in the middle and some other tables in a ring around it. So the whole thing is like a UFC octagon basically. And all of the contestants sit at that central table and the spectators crowd the tables around them. Um, again, it's like several people deep on all sides. It's standing room only. People are cheering and hollering. I'm real short, so I'm hanging from the rafters. And standing on the main table, microphone in hand, emceeing all of this is Roger Oakes. And we can talk more about Roger later. Roger has this aura about him. Uh, 
Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Yes. I think it's been called and he's hyping us all up and we're getting hyped and we're cheering and we're on this concrete pavilion. So it's like echoing and it's maybe the most intense thing that I've seen all weekend. And watching all this, by the way, is Miss Chick and her court. Um, I don't know if they have to be there, but um, you can see that Roger tweeted a panorama of this from the Oshadega account, like from that top of the table view. And they look like they're kind of like disquieted to be there. Like, I don't know what the rest of Miss Chick's duties are, but this job must just like age people like the American presidency just <laughs> by the end of like all the things you have to do on Saturday. <laughs> but each egg eater has a disc set before them. And the crowd's going nuts. And then the eggs are dished out onto the plates. And from where I'm standing, I can't really see the eggs. Like, I don't really even know for sure if they were shelled or unshelled. But I can smell the eggs. And at this point in the weekend, I'm ready for noise. I'm ready for jostling. You know, I'm ready for gruesome exhibitions. But I'm not ready for that smell, which is not a bad egg smell. It's just like an egg smell and in the humid summer air it just like it hits you like a physical force almost and it really reminds you that for all that it felt like the all-star game had tones of like a blood sport to it where people are really kind of wanting to see miss chick put in positions of extremity and like little kids making big bids on the ground this is an actual like physical trial that we're all participating in and like, I'm having a great time, but this is real. So everyone's out there, they're eating their eggs. Each person out there has like a watcher of sorts who's there to keep count and hand them water. And Roger, who's also a math teacher is keeping a live tally of how much fundraising money per egg um, eaten has been made as people are like going through them on the table. Like there's a charity element to this as well, but like, let's not act like people couldn't just give the money if they wanted to give the money. Like we're still, we're making them suffer very unnecessarily. It's the same thing with like a 5k for charity, right? It's like, you could just um, just give the money. Well, I feel generally ambivalent about leukemia, but I would like to see Fat Greg haul himself around <laughs> for 5K. So. I'll chip 10 bucks All on right. that. I'll chip in 10 bucks to that. You could yeah, use exactly. it. You could use it. Like Aiden's going to eat 10 eggs about it. But um, some people are up in the four figures, though. So there is a lot of money flying. Of eggs? No, okay. No, no, of of money? Of money. Okay. If some people are up on the fourth years of, of money earned, there's like a lot of cash going into this endeavor and it's kind of heightening the stakes as we go. Um, so this goes for 10 minutes. I think the all time record for eggs is something like 27. I don't remember what it was this year. Um, I know the delegate from my team like made it to 10 very smoothly, realized he wasn't going to get any further than that, uh, realized he wasn't going to win regardless and just like stopped there, which seems very wise. And I know one person threw up in their disc and I kind of like turned to the side and just like consumed the rest as an audio drama. So Ugh. that's all that, that's all that I have to report from that. It's probably the thing I feel the weirdest about having been party to, but here we are. <laughs> it, no, yeah, it's important to it's it's important to remember that a lot of the things that we incorporate into ultimate culture at tournaments are from like an outsider's look, or even not an outsider, but just shifting your perspective a little bit like horrifying medieval, you know, death cult sport, essentially. Um, and I couldn't be prouder to be party to most of them. So <laughs> I just, I just want to say that this is a endorsement of basically all eating contests. Um, Pat, particularly you, an egg eating one. You are a gurgitator of sorts. You have won some eating contests, haven't you? 
That's true. I I feel okay. Maybe next year I have to go to poultry days just to just for the egg eating contest. How many eggs do you think you could do? Uh, in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Pretty easily twenty. Pretty easily. It's two a minute. Yeah, that's a lot, man. Maybe that's I true. Don't, Paul Newman ate fifty eggs in an hour. Exactly. I mean, my big thing is I don't really like hard boiled eggs. So that would slow me up a bit. Um, I've had I've had multiple ten egg omelets before. Very go down real smooth. You can do whatever you want to the eggs. Um, I've heard tell that people have brought a blender to the contest. I can't confirm that. You can put whatever you want on them. You can like consume whatever you want alongside them. If that makes things I'm, more or less appealing to you, I'm pretty done with just drinking raw egg after yeah, that was fucking <laughs> after <horrendous>. Austin. Uh, <laughs> At least for the time being. But yeah, okay. So maybe next year. I've never been to Poultry Days. It's the big black mark on my party tournament. Well, I guess Sunbreak too. Um, but those are the those are the two ones I really miss out on because Fourth of July is Mars time and uh Poultry Days is a little bit before then, but it's still kinda in the same bumping up against it a little bit. So maybe next year. Maybe next year. You gotta year. do it. You gotta do it. Hold me to it. You've put your word down on 20 eggs. That is yes, true. I, yeah. I, and I do think that was comfortably over the winning number this year, though I'm not, I don't 100% have it at hand. You'd be a fucking legend, Pat, if you threw yeah, down 20 eggs right. and won. That'd be so good for the, think about the brand. It'd be pretty great for the brand, wouldn't it? Be very solid. Think about Le- leukemia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, le- yeah, leukemia, great, whatever. Yeah, but Pat, you have to win this egg eating contest. <laughs> leukemia cure aside. <laughs> okay all right uh i will I'm, I'm putting my name to it right now i'm gonna make my best efforts to get to poultry days and if i am at poultry days i will 100 percent eat 20 eggs or else tad can bury me in a shallow grave somewhere and i will I, we Ohio. will literally do this if yep. you do not eat 20 eggs yeah fuck yes this is gonna be great oh man i've got i've I've got all the tools man i also i recently bought a digging bar so i could i could have you in the ground and in less time than you could eat 20 eggs all right moving on here moving on here mags there were some other i'm sure uh notable things that happened in poultry days perhaps some drunken exploits there was also saturday night which is always uh which is always a hoot Saturday night is usually the big party night. And really the most tragic thing about this particular poultry day is is that it was um, disrupted by that tornado watch. You know, there were some communications going out about how we might have to, like, uproot the whole campsite and go to the Y. You know, there are people kind of wanting to, like, stay in their corners, you know. But, you know, even outside that, it was cold and raining pretty heavily. And there was not as much roving between campsites as there was last year. You know, the dancing was pretty curtailed. We We were all dealt a pretty rough hand. But amid those trying circumstances, I really want to shout out one team in particular um, who delivered to me and many others just a great cathartic moment. And I never did catch the team that actually did this. So if you're out there, top of the hill campsite team, just know you were doing the Lord's work and I thank you for it. But um, in the park where everyone camps, there's a pretty respectable hill. Like it's a hill you can survey the grounds from. And there is one little tent village that sets up there every year, which is like quite a commitment considering all the stuff you have to carry, all the fluids, all the solids. Mm. But around eight or nine on Saturday, 
someone in or near that party set up a big, white, slick, reflective tarp on the side of that hill. And, you know, it's it's pouring rain. It's still dusk, but it's pretty dark at that point. Like, there's this kind of, like, subdued blue light over everything, but you got to let your eyes adjust to it or you'll bump into stuff. It's like 60 degrees out. But they get people sitting on the upper corners of that tarp, and people are sliding down like their lives depend on it. And... It's just, a, it's just a trickle at first. It's just a trickle at first. It's just people kind of making sure that it's going to work. But for the weary souls scattered around this campground, it is just a beacon shining brilliantly on the side of this hill. And not everybody from my campsite goes, but I know that I like feel myself get up and just run towards it. And as I'm running, I'm seeing people coming from like all over the campsite, coming up beside me. They're saying like, you're going where we're going. You're going where we're going. I'm going to the only place to go. And we're like bolting up there and we're at the top of the hill and we're sliding down the slide. And it is awesome. It is great. People are like standing and surfing down with a beer in hand. People are like addition discs for people to lay out for. People are going in chains. And like, again, this is like a pretty steep hill. And like they're like holding hands and going down. Oh, okay. Sorry, I made, I made that sound very intense. Um, <laughs> I don't know what weird <laughs> ritual they were doing beforehand. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. So, but yeah, this is a pretty steep hill and a pretty big tarp. And like people are getting real momentum going down. And they're doing some construction on the park this year. So the bottom of this hill lets out directly into a construction area. Like it's 15 feet of tarp and then the grass, which is also slippery. And then it's orange plastic fence. And then it's just gravel. Oh, my God. And like, yeah. And if you saw children doing this, you would like wonder if you should stop them or at least like tell them to set up the shoot in another direction or something. But nobody did. <laughs> and nobody got hurt that I know of. Um, I don't know how long I was out there. I know I wasn't fully dry for the rest of the night. I know I wasn't allowed back in my tent, back at my campsite, but it was completely worth it. So Hill Team, Hill Team or Teams, Tarp Team, whoever you are, God bless you. That was wonderful. That was exactly what I needed. So it was the kind of thing where if children were doing it, you'd be like, should I stop them? But with adults doing it, it's like, well, evolution should probably take care of these people. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, a great note about the the tornado watch. I saw this on a, on a group me that I'm in. My friend was at Poetry Days. He wrote, Roger interrupts the dance party to tell us about the tornado stuff. Roger. So we're under a tornado watch right now. Raucous applause. No, come on. <laughs> this is serious. This is serious, guys. Please listen. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So cool. Uh, you know what? It sucks about the weather. That's a shame. You know, you, you hope for sunny and 70 and you, whenever you get it, it's a, you should really breathe it in. It's a treat, but that's a memorable poultry days. And the people that were there, like, I don't think any of them would say that was a waste of time. Oh, absolutely not. I have nobody I've talked to has been like, oh, fuck this whole decision to go. Everyone, um, which is we could have played a little more ultimate. Um, I know I myself, um, and feeling like hit a little bit harder by the weekend than I think I would have been if I had been actually out playing, you know, you kind of like get your energy back playing whatever version of the sport that you're playing. Um, it kind of like tires you out enough to be able to get real sleep in whatever hours you're like compressing your sleep into. So, um, having just like gone out and like 
marauded around a campsite for 48 hours. I don't know if I'm fully recovered, but 100% happy I did it. Absolutely going to go back every year that I can possibly get my body out there. Wouldn't regret it. Hell yeah. A ringing endorsement. A ringing endorsement for all of us, myself included, who have to drag our bones out to poultry days moving forward. Mags, thanks so much for coming by the show and doing your intrepid reporting. This is the kind of journalism that Ulti World has built his brand on, so we're we're very happy to have you aboard here. Well, Tad, any last questions for Mags before we let them go? Let them escape from the den of iniquity they've been cooped up in here for the last hour with us? I think that's about it, Pat. I urge everyone out there, follow Mags on Twitter, at Mags. Colvett, C-O-L-V-E-T-T. An absolute must follow on the Twitter sphere. And Mags, is there anything you want to plug that we can, you, you work on any projects or anything? I know Mags is a, a little bit of, you know, an artist. I think it's fair to say, right? <laughs> I have no idea how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's a perfectly fine question, but it's making me like confront what it is I've been doing with my life for the past couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't, I don't really have anything to promote. Well, I bet you've been doing a lot more than Tad and I have. All right, we'll be back <laughs> with Morse in the Fields. Thanks so much for coming by, Max. Thank you. Fight for the title bout, but a right to the jaw was all he saw in the ref was a counting him out. There they were, Mags Colvett. That was awesome. We wish Mags the best as they pursue a creative writing degree at Ohio State, and hopefully... Well, I, you know, I don't think that was the last time that Mags will be on the program. That was, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, Mags deserves a Pulitzer for that. A golden um, quill. Yeah. So we're gonna get to our staple here before we ride out on the show this week. Trash, trash, fuck boy. So to keep with the Poultry Days theme, our first trash here is anyone who deed up Miss Chick in the all-star game at poultry days. There is no, no crowd reaction to a heel wrestler after they, you know, shove a five-year-old kid asking for an autograph or like a grandmother out of the way as they make their entrance. There, there's no crowd reaction as angry as when someone at poultry days in the all-star game D's up Miss Chick. Now that said... That said, if I was in the All-Star game, you cannot let Miss Chick score on you. It is fucking unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot let a a barefoot high schooler score on you. It's fucked up, and all of your own personal worth rides on that. But that said, come on, people. She's out there having fun. She's the belle of the Versailles Ohio ball, and you're going to take this away from her? What are you, an asshole? It's a real lose-lose situation that still makes you trash. Trash! That's right! All right, Pat, our second trash here. And this is... Oh, it's not tough. It's not. No, it's not. It's easy. It's justified. If you think about it, if you, if you do the math and think about it, it's very easy. Valeria Cardenas, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, started a GoFundMe page to help her afford living in Seattle and playing for Riot in the women's division. Pat, I think we can, we can all agree that we've, we've gone too far here. It's, it's gone too far. GoFundMe, 
as a tool has gone too far. Now, I'm not saying I don't want to see Valeria playing in the USAU club circuit. It's going to make the club season more exciting to have her here. But to use GoFundMe, to be like, hey, let me come and do this thing that I'm for sure entitled to. And I, I'm, it's, it's, it's a grievance that I am not able to do this. Like, fucking, what are we talking about here? Right. We have to, we have to stop the tide of GoFundMe before it's, I mean, right now it's just like giving conservatives more of an excuse to not give anyone health care. This is just contributing to that. Can't you just start one of those websites? You can just start one of those websites. Have your friends pay for your surgery. Right. It's and that's and that and this is this is advancing that narrative. There was there was a temper GoFundMe. I didn't make it. I had nothing to do with it. I was a little bit ashamed and I shared it with no one. Look, I mean, agreed that you did the right thing there, but still, at least that is like we're a team who's qualified for nationals and now we're doing this for the team to get us there, whatever. I, it's, it's better than like, I want to go live in Seattle. Right. Set me up in Seattle, dog. <laughs> yeah. When you distill it down, it is just set me up in Seattle for the summer. It's going to be sick. That's fucked up. Now, are we sure that this is not just like to cover her travel expenses to go back and forth to Seattle, which is also bad. But I just want to make sure we're, I'm, we're right on this. I'm not sure. I read the Instagram post. It was sent to me, and I read it. And uh, either way. Either way. Sorry. Trash! All right, finally, Pat, as Seattle, as, a, as an ultimate community, begins to close its tendrils like a fist to angrily send Chuck an email, um... Because that's how you send emails. You pound your fist on a phone. Uh, our fuckboy this episode, for not coming up with what could have been a league-saving idea to host gambling and allow gambling and take action, the AUDL. You could have. Pat, think about how much more runway that could have given the AUDL. Look, I, but okay, but what if they are the ones behind this? Because we talked about on the top of the show. There's so many unanswered questions. Who made this happen? Who is doing this? Like, what? What if this is like the AUDL through several back channels allowing this to occur? Oh my God. Yeah, like Rob Lloyd's in a hotel room right now in Curacao, just like <laughs> chain smoking. And like all of his, all the Hyperloop shit has just been like put on hold while he like sets up this gambling <laughs> website. Oh my God. As. The custodian that works in my building. I'm said, glad I'm getting a check in on this. As he said, <laughs> as the custodian that works in my building said, when we found out that he was a 9/11 truther, follow the money, and that was his only argument. But he repeated it so many times and with such fervor that it began to resonate. Maybe I'm not sure, but if you follow the money here, hopefully it leads back to the. Maple syrup lined pockets. Who stands to benefit the most? <laughs> you know, all the arrows are pointing in one direction here. Man, God, I, I now I actually I hope it's the AUDL because the lines are the lines are pretty spot on in the little that we've been following the AUDL. Well, I mean, me, I, I'll speak for myself. The little that I've been following the AUDL this year 
The lines are pretty good. They seem good. It's got to be someone with some insider knowledge. Right. That said, you're still fuckboys. Fuckboy. Well, we will have continuing coverage of the AUDL gambling bonanza that will surely be shut down in like three weeks. So everybody get in and enjoy it while you still can. Next episode, Pat, uh, you and I, we each lay down a hungee. See how it goes. Deal. Deal. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, Charlie will cover that, right? Yeah, Dispense that. Right. Send him a picture of your receipt. How long? I mean, Charlie's, you know, a bit of a gambling freak himself. How long do you think UltiWorld is able to stay solvent with him, like, taking subscriber money and just like, I just need to make up for my losses. I'm, we're laying, all right, we're spreading it out. It's a parlay. <laughs> he, I've only got two rules in life. Number one, an actual piece of sage wisdom. Number two, never take Detroit on the road. <laughs> Getting no matter double, how big the spread is. Getting double-digit points. Those are my only two rules. My only two rules. All right. Well, for Tad Whistle, I'm Patrick Stegemiller. It's rich. It's compelling. It's in the fields. Someone's gonna get their legs broken off Frisbee gambling.